Experience a full mind, body, and spirit approach to living your best life. Learn how to achieve optimal health, wealth, and happiness. This is your journey to wellness and abundance. You are listening to Mind Over Matters with your host, Dr. Amy Harris Nuon of the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness. Hey everyone, welcome to Mind Over Matters. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Harris Nuon. I'm a double board certified integrative and interventional clinical psychologist with a postgraduate specialization in functional medicine. I'm also a certified wellness instructor, best selling author, and speaker, and the director for the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness in Bloomingdale, Illinois. As you know, the purpose of the show is to get you thinking about how powerful your mind is and what you can do right now to change your life for the better. So this show, Mind Over Matters, is going to challenge you to think differently about how your physical health can be improved, the health of your relationships, whether they're friendships or professional relationships or even family relationships, your level of everyday happiness, even your financial well-being. All of these areas can be dramatically improved by taking a more holistic approach to your life. So really looking at those areas that, that make up you know, uh, your day-to-day experiences and uh, kind of taking a look and seeing where you can make some practical improvements. So my goal is to educate and empower you to live a life by design, a life on purpose and with passion and, of course, positive results. So welcome again to the show. I want to start by asking if you're someone who always needs to be right and never offers an apology. I think all of us know somebody in our lives, you know, if it's not us, uh, that always has to be right. Or, you know, um, maybe you know someone that is always apologizing even when you know you're not wrong, or maybe it's you. You know, perhaps, you know, you find yourself apologizing all the time, right? So I know It's quite possible that some of you are even secure and comfortable admitting when you're wrong or apologizing when it's appropriate. But regardless of whichever role characterizes you the best, there's actually an art to apologizing and taking ownership for your actions. So in a great article written by Jesse Scholl, I'll explore the ways in which apologizing can be expressed, which researchers describe as quote-unquote our apology language. It's kind of similar to what researchers have identified as our love language, right? Each of us has a primary love language. Well, apparently there's an apology language as well. So I'll also talk about, you know, some of the work that I've done personally uh, to grow into someone who's quite comfortable with apologizing. I'll debunk the myth that apologies make you look weak. There's still a lot of that there. And I'll share with you some of my professional experiences in working with individuals, families, and couples to help them mend their rifts whether they be minor or major. Uh, I'll share with you some of my professional experience as, you know, on healing relationships, saving marriages and friendships. All of these are possible if we can get to a point where we acknowledge, you know, that we're wrong and, and can come up with a, an effective communication strategy to express, you know, that we're sorry. So you'll learn various ways to apologize that will build trust, credibility, respect, both self-respect as well as respect from others as well as learning when it's appropriate to not apologize. Because guess what? There's a time and a place, too, where an apology is absolutely inappropriate. So welcome to the show, Sorry Not Sorry. So as I said, uh, author Jesse Scholl has said that just as we all have a primary love language, we also have a primary apology language. And it can shape how we approach mending fences, right? So let's dive right in. Uh, you know, the, you know the, the author starts, you know, by saying, you know, maybe you have a good friend who's always late. Uh, I, know we, <laughs> I know we have someone like that here at the practice, and I just build it in the equation because I know she does her darndest to get here on time every single day. I know that that's just part of it. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, maybe you wish, you know, she would just apologize for it, the article says. Perhaps she does apologize but you're sure that if she really meant it, she'd be on time. Or you're happy to forgive her for making you wait an hour at the restaurant as long as she picks up the check, right? So interesting that the author starts the article that way. He says, in these cases, you're waiting for an apology that feels sincere to you. Such apologies can mend offense, deepen a relationship, and even help with healing a stress-induced health condition. Yet, despite their almost miraculous 
restorative powers, genuine apologies rarely come easily. I'm just going to pause there and say, you know, a simple example um, is, you know, uh, I came into the practice uh, late last week and we pride ourselves on running on time. That's one of the ways we set ourselves apart from other medical practices is we really pride ourselves with running on time. You know, um, one of our doctors was running behind, which is unusual. And so, you know, I, I went and got a, you know, just a small gift card as an apology. And I said to the client, hey, listen, I'm sorry, you know, you know, Doc's running behind. He had kind of a complicated case this morning. And he said, oh, no problem. You know, I, you know, I, I'm used to waiting. And I said, you know what, that's not how we like to do things here at the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness. And I offered him just, you know, a small gift card, go get coffee. And he said that wasn't necessary, but that he really, really appreciated the fact that I took the time to apologize. So even those little things can go a long, long way. And, and it helped him to not be stressed about running, you know, a little bit behind. Um, and it made me feel that we were doing right by our, our patient there. So simple things. But getting back to the article, the author says, psychologist Molly Howells, PhD, author of A Good Apology, Four Steps to Make Things Right, describes earnest apologies as both seemingly, quote, too hard to do and too important not to do. End quote. Do you remember I started the show asking, are you someone who never apologizes despite the fact that you know you're wrong? You always have to be right. So there are a lot of people, and believe it or not, apologizing, it's rare. It's like common sense. It's, you know, we think it should be more common, but it's really uncommon and it's rare. So to be able to take ownership and apologize, it goes a long, long way. So the author says sincere apologies are difficult for myriad reasons. We're likely to feel guilt and shame about the offense. Perfectionism can make it even harder to admit a mis uh, mistake, and it can make admitting a mistake often excruciating. You know, forget being able to find the humility uh, a genuine apology requires. Given these obstacles, most of us are unlikely to have witnessed many good apologies when we were kids. And this all adds to the confusion and resistance we might feel when attempting to offer amends, even when we know we're wrong. That is, if we do offer amends, the author says. We often have no idea we've hurt somebody's feelings. Our occasional, or chronic, oblivion also makes sense in context. If mistakes weren't well tolerated in our childhood homes, it can be frightening to admit errors as an adult. Denial may be a an unconscious self-protective habit, uh, the author says. So it's important to note here that your ability to communicate and express uh, a sincere apology is often, you know, in direct relationship to what was modeled for you growing up. And when I think back on, you know, my growing up, uh, I don't recall if my parents, uh, prior to divorce, uh, you know, spent a lot of time uh, apologizing. Honestly, you know, I can't remember. But I know as I grew into my teens and, you know, early adulthood, uh, my mom was really good about taking ownership. Uh, early uh, on for me, I did not like to admit when I was wrong. I think, you know, uh, I'm a Taurus, so I'm headstrong. And uh, I honestly felt that <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit I felt that I was right a lot of the times when I look back on it now I just kind of shake my head. But initially it was really hard for me to offer sincere apologies even though it had been role modeled for me as a teenager and young adult. So most people, you know, um, really, really struggle at, at, at learning to apologize effectively and sincerely, especially when they've not had a good role model to do it. So I want to just, you know, uh, pause there and say when we come back we're going to be talking more about setting the stage to be able to take ownership of your actions and really communicate yourself in a way that sets you up to strengthen your relationships again whether it be a professional relationship uh, a friendship or you know an intimate relationship you're listening to mind over matters i'm your host dr amy harris Newman. 
Do you or a loved one suffer from depression and medications just aren't working? Do the debilitating side effects associated with most antidepressants make them impossible to take? We can help. At the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness, we offer transcranial magnetic stimulation, or TMS. TMS is a safe and effective drug-free treatment option that can dramatically improve your quality of life. In fact, the majority of our clients experience a significant improvement in mood with many achieving complete remission. TMS is FDA approved and covered by most insurance companies for the treatment of depression and has also been shown to be effective in treating other mood disorders like OCD, PTSD, and anxiety. If medications aren't working for you now, chances are they never will. Let us help. Call our TMS center today at 630-451-8030. That's 630-451-8030. Or visit us online at the CIFHW.com. Everyone, welcome back to Mind Over Matters. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Harris. New one, you're listening to today's show, Sorry Not Sorry. If you've missed any of the show, you can check out a rebroadcast on this great station. You can check us out online at our website. It's thecifhw.com. You can check it out on our Facebook. It's just facebook.com forward slash the CIFHW. Or you can check out our new Mind Over Matters radio show, website. It is still under construction, but we've got uh, a great landing page up there. We'll be posting all of the shows uh, from over the years. It's mindovermattersradio.com. Oh, pardon me, mindovermattersradioshow.com. So I want to also invite you to pick up a copy of my best-selling book, LifeWorks, an Integrative Approach to Health and Happiness. All of those proceeds go to benefit nonprofit organizations. Uh, Western DuPage Special Recreation Association, Wounded Warriors, um, Michigan Doodle Rescue Connect. We've got several nonprofits that we're excited to support. So go to Amazon.com, pick up a copy of LifeWorks, an integrative approach to health and happiness. Speaking of health and happiness, if you need to schedule an appointment, uh, we are welcoming new patients and clients all the time. You can call us directly at 630-980-1400. We're excited to Uh, announced that Dr. Rick Segil has joined the practice here at the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness. Dr. Rick is board certified in family medicine and sports medicine. Uh, He's also uh, certified in functional medicine. So I've had the great fortune of Dr. Uh, Segil knowing him uh, for many years now, and I feel blessed and honestly honored that he's decided to uh, join us here. So uh, again, if you need to schedule an appointment, 630-980-1400. Back to the show, Sorry Not Sorry, in a great article written by Jesse Scholl, we're learning about the art of the apology, when to apologize, when not to apologize, and learning just how difficult it is to offer a sincere apology. So getting back to the article, The author says Dr. House, a clinical psychologist, also believes we're at least partly hardwired to remain unaware of our wrongdoings. Quote, our brains are really good at being streamlined and efficient, which is not great for noticing how we affect the other person in our relationships, she notes. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. If you're one of those people that are oblivious to how you affect others, I'm going to recommend that you get in and see a good therapist because everything we do, say, think, and feel affects other people. And if you're having an effect on people, a a negative effect, something that would truly necessitate an apology, and you're not aware of it, then unconsciously you're undermining your own relationships, your, your own success in relationships. The author goes on to say, indifference requires less energy from our brains than reviewing our behavior and considering others than uh, considering another perspective. Yet when efficiency means blowing past the hurt look on your loved one's face, there are other prices to pay. Thankfully, we can choose to become more conscious of mental habits like denial, impatience, and perfectionism. It takes effort though, but even if we struggle with apologies, we can learn to muster up the courage, set aside our ego, and admit we were wrong. Most of us have managed this at some point in our lives and have reaped the rewards. In best case scenario, the hurt party accepts our contrition and the relationship is reconciled. But then there are other scenarios. Sometimes our words or actions don't land well or even to everyone's dismay make things worse and the relationship remains splintered. 
We may try and try, but the hurt simply can't be soothed. As these moments, you know, tell, it can feel as if we're speaking a completely different language than the person we're trying to reach. So according to psychologist Gary Chapman, PhD, and Jennifer Thomas, PhD, that could be the case. In their book, The Five Apology Languages, The Secret to Healthy Relationships, Drs. Chapman and Thomas posit that everyone has one primary apology language that they respond to best. Each apology language is important, Dr. Thomas notes, but one or two of the languages may show your sincerity more effectively than the others. In short, when we say we're sorry using a person's primary language of apology, they can actually hear it. This makes it much easier for them to accept the apology as genuine. But when we fail to speak someone's apology language, it can be almost impossible for them to trust the amends we've offered, regardless of their sincerity. Let me just uh, point out here, uh, Dr. Gary Chapman, as many of you may know, is the author of The Five Love Languages. And, you know, based on that book, uh, each of us has a primary way that we feel loved. And based on the way we feel loved, that tends to be the way we show love to other people. But the way we show love to other people may not be interpreted as loving because they may have a different way that they feel loved. And so they're saying same thing here with apologies. The way we offer an apology to be most effective has to be in the context of learning and appreciating how the other person, you know, uh, receives that apology. So the author goes on to say, um, the outlines of this concept of an apology language may sound familiar. Again, that's because Chapman is also the author of the five lovely languages. And the two books are founded on the same basic idea. Again, we create harmony by adapting to the preferred communication style of our loved ones. I'll give an example. So my primary love language, I would say, is quality time followed by acts of service. Okay. Um, so there's access service, quality time, physical touch, words of admiration, uh, and gifts. My, my top love language is quality time and access service. But there's also, um, you know, different apology languages. My wife's, you know, um, primary love language, I would say, is uh, quality time and affection. So um, she's also got a different apology love language uh, than I so the author goes on to say, when we speak someone's love language, for example, that person is more likely to feel loved than if we communicate it in a different way. Again, the five love languages are words of affirmation or admiration, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. Likewise, when we speak somebody's apology language by expressing regret, accepting responsibility, making restitution, planning change, or requesting forgiveness, they're more apt to feel sincerely acknowledged. So understanding apology languages can help our amends reach the person we care about, so we're more likely to help resolve a dispute and heal a fracture. And understanding our own primary apology language can help us get clarity when it's hard to let go of a conflict too. So it sets us up to ask directly for what we need when someone else's apology feels incomplete. So. It's important to help the other person know when you're hurt, because again, the author notes that not everybody is going to notice, you know, uh, if they've, you know, hurt you. It could be unconscious; they don't recognize it; they may deny it. So, uh, your responsibility is to let the other person know that you feel, you know, uh, you know, uh, insulted or hurt or wronged, and then the other person's responsibility. Uh, in, in relationship to you is to acknowledge that hurt and do so and take responsibility and do so in a way that helps you to feel understood. But they're not going to know what your apology language is unless you educate them about what that is. So um, it, it, it really does come down to effective communication. And there are, again, there are five apology languages that the doctors outline. Um, the first one, just to set the stage, is expressing regret. The second one is accepting responsibility. And we'll talk more in depth about these different apology languages as the show unfolds. 
the third apology language is making restitution. Uh, the fourth apology language is planning change. And the fifth apology language is requesting forgiveness. Again, we're also going to talk about when not to apologize. There are three situations, you know, um, that come to mind where it's appropriate not to offer an apology. Again, because, you know, in some of these situations, to do so uh, really just undermines other people's respect of you, and it will undermine your own respect. Uh, I think, if, if not you, you probably know somebody that's apologizing all the time, even when they haven't done anything wrong. Not only is it annoying, uh, but what does it do? It undermines your respect for them. So we're going to talk more about that when we come back. You're listening to Mind Over Matters. The Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness's clinically proven treatments repair and regenerate damaged tissue, restoring normal function. The procedures were easy, comfortable, and left me feeling pain-free. I can dance, run, and jump again if I want to. Three decades of pain in my back and neck injuries I suffered in active duty. The doctor has me nearly 100% pain-free now, and I never thought that was possible. Trust the thousands who got their life back. Book an appointment today. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mind Over Matters. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Harris. As you know, I'm a double board certified clinical psychologist with a postgraduate specialization in functional medicine. I'm also an author and speaker and the director for the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness. You're listening to our show today titled Sorry Not Sorry, based on a great article. Uh, by uh, Jesse Scholl, titled The Art of the Apology. If you've missed any of this show, you can check out a rebroadcast on this great station. And you can also go to our website. It's thecifhw.com. You can uh, check out our new website, mindovermattersradioshow.com. We've got our landing page all set up. We're going to be you know, uh, getting all kinds of archived shows there ready for you. Um, I am also going to ask that you consider buying a copy of my best-selling book titled LifeWorks, an integrative approach to health and happiness. You can find it on Amazon. All of those proceeds go to benefit nonprofit organizations. And again, I want to thank all of you that have ordered a book or even multiple copies uh, because without you, it could not be a bestseller. Um, also, please uh, check out our social media. We're posting a lot of great content uh, you know, thanks to a lot of good feedback from all of you. So check us out on Facebook. Uh, it's facebook.com forward slash the CIFHW. We have also got an Instagram page. Uh, we'd like you to follow it as well as LinkedIn. And I want to thank you for liking and sharing and, you know, our content and following us as well. And uh, finally, I'm excited to announce that Dr. Rick Segeel has joined our practice here at the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness. Dr. Rick is board certified in family medicine and sports medicine. He's also certified in functional medicine. And uh, I've had the great pleasure of knowing him for a long time now. And his mission is uh, to get people off drugs, avoid surgery, and to help them live life fully, you know, healthfully and happily. So uh, definitely, uh, if you need to get in, give us a call, 630-980-1400. Again, 630-980-1400. So talking about the five apology languages, I know for me, uh, early as a young adult, I hated apologizing. You know, I think you know, there was a part of me that just had a strong need to be right. I think all of us know somebody like that. Um, but here's the thing. It sets you up to have, you know, uh, difficulty and conflict in your relationships because, you know, nobody likes to feel like they're wrong. And so learning then how to apologize and take ownership for your actions is absolutely critical in order to develop healthy, lasting relationships. A lot of that is predicated upon whether or not we've grown up in an environment where healthy apologies were role modeled. And many people haven't. Uh, the author notes, author Jesse Scholl notes, that research has found that very few people will offer an apology, uh, be it alone, a sincere apology. I, I will say, you know, that is one of the things I, I really respect about myself is my ability to, you know, take ownership when I've made a mistake and to offer a sincere apology because I found that the, 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 the more I take ownership for being human, the more it enhances my relationship with myself. 
and the more it strengthens my relationship with others. But that's not the case. I mean, I really had to learn to do that uh, through, you know, some losses and working with a good therapist, honestly. Uh, I had to get over myself. Yeah, I think some of you have heard me say on past shows, um, you know, my therapist would often ask me, Amy, would you rather be right or happy? And I'd say both. And she'd say, Mm-mm, you can't have both. You can choose to be right or happy. But I am right. Mm-mm. When you make the other person feel wrong or when you don't take responsibility for reactions, how happy are you going to be when there's conflict within that relationship? And so finally, I took it to heart. And I've learned that whether it be in my business relationships, my relationships with you know, my clients, my personal relationships, learning to accept responsibility and expressing a sincere apology has, has you know, gone a long, long way, as I said, uh, enhancing my relationship with myself and that self-respect, as well as strengthening my relationship with others. And that's what, you know, I hope for, you know, all of you to be able to do is benefit from today's show on the five apology languages. So, the author goes on to say, we tend to give apologies the way we like to receive them. Uh, noting how you typically apologize by asking for forgiveness, say, or making a gesture of repayment is a good way to decipher your own apology language. Identifying another person's apology language is more challenging, though observing them can help guide you. So how does that person apologize to others? What do they do or say? And if you've never had a chance to witness their apology style, Think about what pleases them. If you're in a relatively close relationship, for example, you can also discuss what they need from an apology or even take the online quiz together at www.5lovelanguages.com forward slash quizzes forward slash apology dash language. The most important thing, the author says, is to understand uh, about apology languages is that they represent a diversity of needs. What you require from an apology may not be the same as what your partner, your child, or your best friend requires. Okay, this comes down to you know learning you know what their apology language is. Just come out and ask. Hey, what is you know when I hurt you or when you know something affects you and you feel hurt? What is the best way that I can help you to understand? I'm sorry. So you might just want to come right out and ask. The author goes on to say, when in doubt about someone's apology language or when you're stuck in a conflict and your apology isn't landing, it never hurts to offer an apology that draws on all the languages. Be sincere, accept responsibility, offer to fix the problem, take you know, time to make a plan for the future, and leave it up to the other person to decide whether all of this is enough to warrant forgiveness. Each of these efforts demonstrates an honest commitment to righting a wrong, and that's something that all true apologies have in common. So let me just say one more time, when in doubt about somebody's apology language or when you're stuck in a conflict, first of all, be sincere, accept responsibility, offer to fix the problem, make a plan for the future, and leave it up to the other person to decipher whether all of this is enough to warrant forgiveness. So, again, my hope is to educate and empower you to live a life by design on purpose, with passion and positive results, and learning to take responsibility for our ownership and learning to, you know, do what it takes to make things right is going to really, really help foster a better relationship with yourself as well as with others. So let's start with the first one, expressing regret. Here's the thing. The author says, if you find yourself needing to hear the words, I'm sorry for an apology to feel complete, then expressing regret may be your apology language. An expression of regret entails more than saying one is sorry. It also denotes specifically what action has spurred the regret. A statement that starts with, I'm sorry that I, dot, 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 and names the regrettable action is a fluent expression of this apology language. If you catch yourself including but or if in your apology, stop and rephrase it. Because mixed messages such as, I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to offend you, or I'm sorry if you misinterpreted what I said, puts the onus on the hurt person. Okay, So rather than, I'm sorry I yelled at you, but you made me feel overwhelmed, try something simpler, the author says. I'm sorry that I yelled at you, and I wish I hadn't done that. 
Another way to show sincerity, suggests Dr. Chapman and Thomas, is to align your tone and your body language with your words. So if you're yelling, I'm sorry, okay, while your eyes are blazing with anger, your apology will, unsurprisingly, not seem sincere. And while it might be tempting to toss out a thoughtless, I'm sorry, simply to end a discussion, know that it will ring false. If you need to break from an argument, say so directly or take one. Wait to apologize until you're calm. So here's an example start of phrases. I'm sorry that I fill in the blank, whatever it is specifically that you're sorry about. I truly regret the hurt I caused you. Or here's another one. I really regret, again, be specific. I really regret X, Y, Z. I'm sorry I caused you so much pain, and I understand if it will take time for you to trust me again. I hope we can get there. I mean, how sincere is that, right? So apologize. I really regret. I'm sorry that. Specifically state what it is that you're sorry about so the other person truly understands and trusts that you know what you did to hurt them. And, and, and offer to make things right, okay? So number one of the five apology languages expressing regret. Stick around, we'll be right back. A complete solution for your joint pain is here and without surgery. The Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness's clinically proven treatments repair and regenerate damage restoring normal function, even walk out the same day. It's the only treatment center in Illinois offering a one-year guarantee for this procedure. Trust the thousands of patients who got their life back. Call us today or visit thecifhw.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show Mind Over Matters. You're listening to our show, Sorry Not Sorry. If you're someone who always needs to be right and never offers an apology, you might find that uh, you got some work to do. It will certainly behoove you to start taking ownership of uh, your actions to make things right because it will enhance your relationships. Likewise, if you're someone that's always apologizing, even when you've not done anything wrong, this show is for you as well because there's a time and a place to apologize and there's a time and a place when not to apologize. So if you've missed any of this show, you can check out a rebroadcast on this great station or you can check us out online at our website, thecifhw.com. It's under the media tab. We are creating a new website specifically for the show, mindovermattersradioshow.com. I'm going to invite you to pick up a copy of my best-selling book, LifeWorks, An Integrative Approach to Health and Happiness. It really is a very practical book. It's easy to read, and it puts you in a position of taking that holistic approach to your life and uh, identifying some simple strategies to enhance the health of your relationships, your physical health, the health of your finances, you know, to bolster your spirit, all those things. Uh, so LifeWorks, an integrative approach to health and happiness, you can order it on Amazon. All of those proceeds go to benefit nonprofit organizations. If you're wanting to take some steps uh, to improve the health of your relationships or your physical health, give us a call. We are accepting new clients and patients. 630-980-1400. We actually see clients locally, nationally, as well as internationally. And uh, with that, Dr. Rick Segeel has joined the practice here at the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness. He is accepting new patients. He specializes in family medicine, sports medicine, and functional medicine. And uh, I know uh, he does a lot of great stuff online, so you can check him out on YouTube. He offers a lot of great free content. Uh, Dr. Rick Segeel, last name is spelled S-A-G-U-I-L. So welcome back to the show, Sorry Not Sorry. For me, learning to take responsibility and express, you know, remorse uh, and, and apologize, you know, that was definitely a skill I had to develop. Now, super comfortable with it, super comfortable. So the author, author Jesse Scholl, you know, did a great job identifying the five apology languages. The first one we talked about before the break was expressing regret. Best way to do that is to say something like, I'm sorry that I state specifically what it is that you did. And, uh, you know, uh, ask how you can make it right. The second apology language is accepting responsibility. 
So the author says, for someone whose apology language is accepting responsibility, it's necessary to hear some version of the words, quote, I take full responsibility for, end quote, for an apology to feel true. Accepting responsibility involves both admitting that you regret your past behavior and acknowledging your role in the wrongdoing. The author says this can be challenging since we're often reluctant to admit we've even made a mistake, especially if we tend towards perfectionism. In these cases, admitting to wrongdoing is tantamount to admitting that we're flawed or that there may be something wrong with us. That's a vulnerable position many of us will resist all day long. The author says that resistance is often cultural, explains Dr. Howes. Quote, the ideal adult, and especially one who is male-identified, is independent, confident, has no doubts about themselves, and doesn't rethink things, she says. Cognitive dissonance sets in when you're faced with a situation that challenges your self-image. End quote. Still, part of being a real adult as opposed to an ideal one is being able to take ownership of one's less flattering actions. In this sense, learning to accept responsibility has benefits beyond offering a better apology. It's actually a step towards greater maturity and wholeness. Quote, in a good apology, we take clear and direct responsibility for specifically what we've said or done, or not said or done, without a hint of evasion, blaming, obfuscation, excuse-making, or bringing up what the other person's crime sheet you know, shows, explains psychologist Harriet Lerner, Ph.D., who is the author of Why Won't You Apologize? So some great ways to start apologies related to accepting responsibility is to say something like this. Hey, I was wrong for, be specific about your mistake or misdeed, or I take full responsibility for XYZ, I was wrong. So an example would be, hey, I was wrong for assuming that you didn't care about that project. I take full responsibility for making that assumption. I know it was unfair and I'm going to try not to do it again. Or another one would be, hey, I take full responsibility for losing my cool this morning. You know, that's not what I intended to do. Um, but I understand that's what I did do and it hurt you, okay? So, uh, five apology languages, expressing regret, accepting responsibility. Number three is making restitution. So, in legal terms, the author says, making restitution means offering a payment or some other form of compensation to make amends for the damage. If this is your apology language, an apology won't feel authentic until some action is taken to make things right such as a payment or a replacement for a broken item or a do-over for a missed birthday. If you're addressing someone who speaks this language, the author says, a simple way to make restitution, according to Dr. Howes, is to ask for a do-over. This offers you a chance to restage the hurtful event and show how you would do it differently now that you understand your mistake. Quote, it's fertile ground for collaboration with a person who's been hurt, she says. And they get to be the one who evaluates whether that time they're satisfied, end quote. It goes without saying that if your mistake involves financial damage, it's essential to make restitution no matter what apology language the hurt party speaks. And I would absolutely agree with that. So an example of making restitution phrases would be, hey, how can I make this right? Or I apologize for what I did and want to make things right. I'll pay for the damage. Or I'm sorry, and I would like to offer X, Y, Z to make it right. Okay, I know I've had this situation, um, you know, when uh, I, you know, maybe somebody has loaned me something. Hey, I'm sorry, I know you loaned me that book, and I intended to give it back. Um, I, 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 for whatever reason, I can't find it, but I would definitely like to buy you a new copy. Or, uh, you know, uh, a great example would be, yeah. Um, if you hurt somebody's feelings, again, maybe you missed a, 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 an anniversary date or birthday date. Hey, I'm really sorry I missed your birthday. Uh, you know, that certainly was not my intention, but I understand, you know, um, that it was still hurtful and I want to make it up. You know, could we do something this, this weekend? Okay, so that's making restitution uh, apology language. And people, they appreciate it, but again, um, if, if, if the wrong involves some sort of financial misdoing, uh, you absolutely you know, need to take responsibility for making financial amends as well. So again, the five apology languages. Number one, expressing regret. 
Number two, accepting responsibility. Number three, making restitution. Number four is actually planning change. Number five is requesting forgiveness. And again, I want to get more into planning change and requesting forgiveness at the next segment, but I also want to save some time in the next segment to help you understand when it's not appropriate to apologize. Because again, there's a time and a place for everything. Uh, and there's a time and a place for nothing. So if you're one of those people that you found that, you know, over the course of your life, you're not good at accepting responsibility and then offering an apology, I'm going to invite you to schedule an appointment with a good therapist or coach. Because believe it or not, it's going to improve the relationship with yourself. It's going to improve the relationship you have with other people. I, um, I've given the talk a number of times how to create great business relationships for life. And one of the, the key strategies is accepting responsibility when you make a mistake. And I find that when I'm working with uh, vendors or partners here at the practice, um, one of the things I value in working with other companies or collaborators is when they take ownership for making a mistake. It's like, hey, I'm sorry, I know we promised you to have that website revision up by the end of Friday. You know, uh, that did not happen. I want to make sure to make things right and you know, because of that, we want to offer you a free month of hosting or whatever it is. I know that when I work with others and they accept responsibility for their mistakes, my respect for them increases exponentially. And those are people, those are business relationships I want to maintain. Likewise, in my personal relationships, uh, when people take responsibility for those actions, I know those are people I want to keep in my life because those are people that I can trust. Because by taking responsibility for their actions, they're showing that they are trustworthy. Stick around. When we come back, we're going to be talking more about sorry, not sorry. Do you or a loved one suffer from depression and medications just aren't working? Or the debilitating side effects associated with most antidepressants make them impossible to take? We can help. At the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness, we offer transcranial magnetic stimulation or TMS. TMS is a safe and effective drug-free treatment option that can dramatically improve your quality of life. In fact, the majority of our clients experience a significant improvement in mood with many achieving complete remission. TMS uses MRI technology to gently stimulate areas of the brain that are underactive in people suffering from depression. TMS is FDA approved for the treatment of depression and has also been shown to be effective in treating other mood disorders like OCD, PTSD, and anxiety. TMS therapy is covered by most insurance companies, including Medicare. If medications aren't working for you now, chances are they never will. Let us help. Call the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness at 630-980-1400 for an immediate consultation. That's 630-980-1400 or visit us online at the CIFHW.com. Hello and welcome back to Sorry Not Sorry. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Harris-Nuon. You're listening to Mind Over Matters radio show. If you've missed any of the show, you can check out our rebroadcast on this great station. You can also check us out online at our website. It's the CIFHW.com. Again, the CIFHW.com. You can check out a rebroadcast on our Facebook page. And I'm excited that uh, Mind Over Matters Radio Show.com is coming to you. We've finished a landing page and we're getting the shows archived. So be sure and check out Mind Over Matters Radio Show.com. Also, want to invite you to schedule an appointment if we can help you, you know, physically, mentally, or emotionally. That's uh, our goal is to, you know, help our clients and patients live a life of passion and positive results. So, you are welcome to call us to schedule an appointment, 630-980-1400. We are accepting new patients. We see patients locally, nationally, as well as internationally. So 630-980-1400. Uh, again, I want to announce we're excited that Dr. Rick Segil has joined the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness in Bloomingdale. Dr. Rick is board certified in family medicine, sports medicine, and functional medicine. Uh, and uh, be sure and check out some of this online content as well. Dr. Rick Segil, S-A-G-U-I-L. So back to the show, Sorry Not Sorry. I started by asking, are you someone who always needs to rewrite and never offers an apology? Or conversely, are you someone that, you know, 
always apologizes even when you know you've not done anything wrong. Okay, so in an article by Jesse Scholl, he's done a great job identifying research on apology languages. Actually, there's an art to the apology. And uh, research has shown that there are five really great ways to offer apologies. They're called the five apology languages. It's expressing regret, accepting responsibility, making restitution, planning change, and requesting forgiveness. So let's talk about planning change. The author says some people need a guarantee that the hurtful action won't happen again, and they need evidence to believe it. When someone speaks this apology language, outlining the changes you intend to make and living up to these guarantees is a chance to regain their trust. As Lerner points out, as Dr. Lerner points out, to show that our apology is not empty words, we need to change our behavior. A good apology, Dr. Lerner says, lets others know that we're capable of reflecting on our behavior, that we'll listen to their anger and pain with an open heart, and that we'll do our best to set things right with no repeat performance. I've often worked with a lot of couples and families on this. I mean, we see this all the time in couples that deal with issues of infidelity. It's like, all right, so you've apologized for, you know, being unfaithful, but what are you going to do to change? Okay, these are what we call, you know, trust building behaviors. Show me the money. Show me the behavior. The author goes on to say, when you apologize, be very specific about what you plan to do differently now. If habitual lateness is stressing your relationship, offer a plan to be on time and accountable. If you mess up, take responsibility and make a more specific plan, for example. Some starter phrases are, I'm sorry I'm late again. I promise the next time we meet, I will leave earlier. But you better make it a point to leave earlier. Otherwise, it sets you up to have one, an insincere apology, and then it sets you up to look like a liar. So you better make that effort. Another starter phrase is this. I understand that my checking my phone during dinner hurts your feelings, and I'm sorry. I promise to turn my phone off during meals from now on but you better do it. If you're making promises, you better make good on it. Okay. That's planning change. That's, uh, you know, apology language number four, planning change. What about requesting forgiveness? So the author says about 20% of the people Chapman and Thomas interviewed said that what they wanted during an apology was to be asked for forgiveness. For them, will you forgive me were the magic words that indicated sincerity, Chapman and Thomas know. Without this request, the apology remains inadequate to some people. So requesting forgiveness shows that you're willing to put the future of the relationship in the hands of the offended person, they explain. As with admitting mistakes, this takes courage. Many of us deeply fear rejection and letting the other person determine the outcome of conflict can be scary. Still, requesting forgiveness is another opportunity to step into the demands of maturity it shows that we respect the other person's choice to relate with us or not. Doctors Chapman and Thomas suggest that this step may be worth taking no matter what apology you've offered. Verbally requesting forgiveness after you've expressed an apology using some of the other apology languages often is the key that opens the door to the possibility of forgiveness and reconciliation. It may be the one element of your apology that the offended person is waiting to hear. Some starter phrases are, I'm sorry for what I did, it was wrong, would you consider forgiving me? Or another one, when I state this specific action, when I blank, it was wrong, and I'm truly sorry, I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. You don't have to answer right away. So that's requesting forgiveness, that's central, okay? But what about when it's appropriate not to apologize? There are actually some cases in which an apology is not the most appropriate gesture, says psychologist Molly House, consider these examples. Number one, somebody has requested that you don't talk to them again. Then the best apology is to respect their wishes. Okay. Number two scenario, your apology is motivated by a desire to alleviate your own guilt rather than to relieve someone else's hurt feelings. The same is true if you're apologizing only to end an argument and you still don't believe you caused any hurt, right? An example is, guy, you know, I'm sorry and with a little bit of a tone when you're just saying it to move past it, okay? Don't offer an apology if it's not sincere or if you're doing it just to end the conflict. Another scenario where it's not appropriate to apologize is a verbal apology uh, when it would hurt the other person or reopen old wounds. In this case, consider other forms of an apology. 12-step programs suggest making 
living amends, which entails amending the way you live. It starts by changing the hurtful behavior, kind of like number four apology language, planning change, and then making that behavioral change. They say it starts by changing the hurtful behavior. If you broke promises to this person, for example, you can work on keeping your promises to everyone. Okay, so um, say what you mean and mean what you say and demonstrate that through your actions. Okay, the author goes on to say learning and practicing the five apology languages is likely to improve all of our relationships, including our relationship with ourselves. Quote, our self-respect and level of maturity rest squarely on our ability to see ourselves objectively, right? Uh, to take a clear-eyed look at the way your behavior affects others. Even though we may fear that others will judge us for admitting our faults, displaying this kind of integrity will probably have the opposite effect. Remember I said I was going to debunk the myth that apologizing makes you look weak? Well, it's true that the research shows that when people take responsibility, then when they offer a sincere apology, it actually increases the other person's respect for you, their fondness, their admiration. That's that's living in integrity, okay? The good apology, Dr. Lerner explains, earns us the respect of others who can trust us to orient towards reality, admit error, and set things right. The courage to apologize and the wisdom to do so wisely and well is at the heart of having good relationships and a solid self, okay? Again, I want to encourage you, if you're not someone who's good at offering an apology and taking a good hard look at how your actions affect others, probably would benefit by seeing a good therapist, okay? Um, I hope this show has been helpful. I know it is my intention to educate and empower you, right, to live a life of positive results with passion, right, with pride and integrity. And hopefully as we move into this, you know, uh, next stage of our life, even as early as, you know, the coming Monday, that these words will resonate with you and resonate with your partner. So be sure and share the show if you missed any of it. Again, sorry, not sorry. I want to thank author Jesse Scholl for his great article on the five apology languages. I want to thank the great researchers who have compounded, you know, and uh, put this information together. Just to recap, the five apology languages, expressing regret, accepting responsibility, making restitution, planning change, and requesting forgiveness. And remember not to offer an apology if it's not sincere. And make sure that you're doing your best to live in integrity. That means if an apology requires you to start changing behavior, take ownership of that and start making those changes. Uh, these will build your relationship with yourself, with others. They may save your marriage. They may save your job. They certainly are going to help save you from making the same mistakes again and then losing relationships. I want to thank you for tuning in to Mind Over Matters. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Harris-Nuon. We'll talk soon.